Welcome to RPG Reanimators, a podcast for GMs where we dissect horror scenarios and offer our experiences and advice to reanimate it at the table. I'm Nathan. I'm Alex. And I'm Lex. So let's see who's in the waiting room. Today, we're consulting on an acute case of conflicting player goals. We'll discuss how we like to implement conflicting goals, common pitfalls, and how to make them shine in your scenarios. Now with that out of the way, let's begin our consultation. So, Alex, what are conflicting player goals? Conflicting player goals are when different player characters have different goals or objectives that they want to accomplish within the scenario, and they aren't mutually, and they might be mutually exclusive for to other player goals. The completion of one player goal might mean the failure of another, and that creates conflict within the game and the group dynamic. And what do these most oftenly come up in our games? From my experience, they come up when the scenario adds them to the player character's backstory, or if they interact with something that then gives them a player goal in secret. I think using player goals as ulterior motives that may sort of piggyback on top of the general stream of the campaign, but might risk derailing it or might risk losing track of something important and dangerous that the player characters might want to otherwise keep a handle on rather than having directly butting heads with it. But someone trying to pocket something and secret it away might be a pretty significant deterrent for more, shall we say, lawful good player characters i mean i definitely think it depends on the severity of the goal like having an outside objective that doesn't really get in the way of the main group's focus is less uh, of a hassle than one of the player goals being oh kill everyone i think that that's a pretty good clarification point is like how severe do we want these different goals to be yeah usually you want to keep it from derailing the campaign completely or it needs to be built into the campaign that players are expected to interact with uh, some sort of goal interaction. I think a good example of a conflicting player goal with the party's goal is the thief in a popular role-playing game that maybe they find a stash of gold and don't tell anybody about it, which really hinders everybody else's progression and doesn't drive any sort of story ahead other than annoyance. But if that's built in to the scenario or the campaign, that's basically the GM telling the player character, hey, this is okay for you to do. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some instances where that is actually the case, right? Like we've played games where there is someone that is behind the scenes actually working against the party and that could be a lot of fun but most of those we see as a one shot something quick light the betrayal usually happens near the end right it's all self-contained right as a campaign that's kind of an interesting balancing point where would you have these conflicting goals come to light i feel like it is going to depend on a lot of variables 
First off, how severe is the conflicting goal? Is it something that could potentially derail or put the entire party at risk or kill another player or, you know, other people potentially? Let's call that like a lethal level. That's a very dramatic and great conflicting goal to have that is suddenly revealed, and that's why those are typically in one-shots. Having something that's going to be more moderate, maybe something just to piggyback on the general flow that other characters can sort of like notice and call out if they want, but it won't destabilize the main course of the campaign. That's something that, you know, you can easily work in. Uh, whereas if it's just a low or I'm going to call it maybe an independent conflicting goal, meaning that this is something that a player is doing. So if you have a player that is playing a rogue that wants to hoard all of the gold for themselves, or in my opinion, even worse, steal gold from other characters and hoard it for themselves, like that's not even necessarily conflicting goal at my point, like that's sort of problematic behavior. So it's a very sort of fine line. I think the big distinguishing point in all of this ramble is does it move some plot forwards or is right. it just throwing a wrench into the works because you can right what does it accomplish yeah yeah that's a great point of conflicting goals can be a lot of fun when there's a point to them um i know we all play a fair bit of delta green i think that is a very interesting system to have conflicting goals because the player the characters themselves are conflicted they both need to hide this conspiracy from their normal life but they also have to be able to contain it so they're slowly losing their bonds and trying to balance these two things and it really makes sense that that might not always work out well for keeping the conspiracy a conspiracy. But Alex, can you tell us a little bit about uh, a couple different theories of how secrets are kept at the table? Well, this goes against the grain, but you could have an open table, which means that all the players know all the secrets at the table while their player characters do not, and they simply role-play their player characters as not having knowing the secrets and maybe even bringing them up at opportune times. And this is not for every group. This is just for people's enjoyment and to build this narrative. Yeah, you have to be able to have players that meta level can play knowing that they don't know certain things. Uh, their character doesn't, rather. Right, but that's a very strong approach to it, and the downside of it is that you will spoil the fact that, hey, there is going to be a betrayal. And you need really mature players that are experienced. Uh, Lex, have you ever run a closed table game? I have never done that. I, I think it sounds very interesting and could make for great genuine surprises. I have listened to several actual play podcasts that have run a hard close table, which is where I believe they may be playing on Zoom and put the non-relevant parties into breakout rooms, or in some cases with like pretending to be people, they will just tell them to leave or like plug their ears or something while they go through it and then give hand gestures when the players aren't around. Um, but I also just feel this weird tentative risk of like my players are going to get bored if I really get into it talking with one person for like. 10, 20 minutes that's going on. 
Um, so I haven't done it. What I typically do is sort of a halfway in between where if a player may have conflicting goals, I will talk about it through chat, like through Discord, private messages, and sort of away from the table between just me and that player, um, or with me and multiple players. If someone is planning on betraying someone else down the line, I will keep that between us, but I won't actually roleplay that at the table until it happens. I think this also is, like many things, going to depend on your party, or like depend on the players that you have at the table, because I don't like to do this and set up this sort of cloak and dagger, big reveal or betrayal, and just have it completely fuck another player character over. Like, I, I want there to be some agency and control in that, but still have a dramatic reveal for it. I like that discussion of closed versus open, and to offer it from a player side, I like an open side because I like being able to, at a meta level, actually interact with a secret as someone that doesn't know it. And that gives people an opportunity to play with that secret that they may not get if other people don't cue them up. So to put an example, maybe I know someone is skimming some money off of the fellow agents in a case. They're just stealing from the wallet. Maybe I'll just leave my wallet out so that someone can take from it and we can have some fun interaction with that. Because if players don't know, it's up to the GM alone to bring it up in the course of a game. Right. You can have a lot of scenarios where you can make these player-driven setups available for the other players. And I think that's a great way for people to interact and get together. On the topic of Lex's closed table medium, where he's using the other forms of communication like Discord or some other direct message chat, you definitely have to be on top of it. You have to monitor all methods of communication or else you might miss something and then there's going to be issues because, oh, well, you didn't see this. And I think that's where I, I am notoriously bad. At the table during play, that chat is flying by like stock market exchanges and I cannot pay attention to it while I'm trying to focus on running the game. My ADHD is not that bad. But I try to sort of do all of that talking between sessions. I can tell whenever a player may be poised to do something and then sort of let things unfold there. I think from that previous discussion as well, that draws a line between online and in-person games. A lot of the time, if I'm playing an in-person game, if I want to keep a secret, maybe I'll write it on a piece of paper and slide it to the GM. And why I bring that up is that's something that everyone can see. So they know that I'm having some sort of communication back and forth with the GM. And I know some people do fake messages back and forth, that sort of thing to kind of disguise it. But when we're playing online, there's really no clue for other people to tag into to kind of keep an eye out for that, that meta level knowledge. So let's talk a little bit about how that can be one of the pitfalls of conflicting player goals. And specifically, I know, Alex, you've wanted to talk a bit about how not all players can understand that there are conflicting goals if it's not put up front. Right. Some players, 
go into the game expecting, hey, uh, we're going to work with the group and we're going to accomplish the goal set forth by the scenario. And as soon as there are conflicting player goals or secret agendas, that becomes asymmetrical, right? It becomes an uneven playing ground. I think one of my issues with closed table and how uh, there is a lot of secret goals that work against the group is the fact that the person with the secret agenda usually has the element of surprise. So they can just do whatever and people can barely react to it or, and it's never hinted at, which feels very unfair as a as player. So here is a question then. As a GM, of course, you have the adjudication to decide when is a conflicting goal call it lethally important? Or when is it something that would be moderately important? I think if something is moderately important or maybe sort of call it an accessory to the main story, I would be fine letting that float and letting a player create their own red herring to distract the attention from the rest of the party possibly versus like as soon as a player would want to try and kill another player character or something, I would start throwing many more hints out because I do agree that it can be markedly unfair that like, okay, I want to wait until they're alone in this room and then I'm going to pull out a shotgun and blast them. It's like, well, cool. But does the other player have a chance to at least be in on it a bit? Do they know that you're a double agent? Have they had any reason to suspect it? If not, I would start dropping a few hints or at least letting that other player like, role psychology occasionally or maybe notice that you're you have a bead of sweat or your poker tell is showing when you're trying to play it cool yeah i I think that that's that's like everything it depends at how severe the implications of that may be right and i would even expand on on that and say how severe well there's difference between having a secret agenda and like activating a radio beacon for your secret corporation. There's a difference between that and just activating the beacon, nothing happens, but you've accomplished your goal and everything goes back to the main goal of working together and having the situation where you're activating a radio beacon and now it sends something in that will drastically change everything. Like maybe the signal sends in a kill team that now the entire group has to deal with. Or maybe you're trying to, you weren't trying to get a way to get your single solo escape pod while leaving the rest of the party stranded on a ship or something. something. Um, Although I, not to derail things too much, but I feel like we've been talking a lot about, let's call them forward feeding conflicting goals. I have personally used conflicting goals in characters' backstories, because I think that it's a great way to create more investment in terms of these minute details. When you get to tweak a few things in a player character's backstory, and then those come to light in a very severe way, especially if you have two player characters that have inadvertently butted heads in the past, or one has hurt the other and not known it, that can make for some great role play at the table. And so it depends on, is it going to be something to forward the campaign or can it be something to increase investment? Right. Yeah. And that's a really big part of letting everyone have that same meta level knowledge. And that case of 
if you send out something that says, hey, tell me a secret about your character that other people don't want to know. Or if you say, what's a goal you have that other people do? You should really give everyone one. And I think at this point, I've run a few like that. And I would just tell everyone, hey, there will be secret agendas in this game. I'm not. I don't think you need to hide it anymore. Yeah, I think to your point in terms of how to avoid pitfalls for this, communication. Make mm-hmm. sure all of that is perfectly level on the table. I really enjoy sending out things. Be like, what are some secrets that your character does not want to get out? And then that way I can tease them. And then that player character may want to try and cover them up or they can come to light. Um, but as long as everyone fully understands and is okay and on board with it, again, like springing it on someone that is not really prepared or considering it can just make for a bad time for folks at the table. Right. Especially for these lethal player goals, conflicting Mm -hmm. player goals, because then we go into the, we open up the can of worms of, oh, well now I, might potentially have to kill another player character and there's three hours of session left or we're in a campaign and they've grown very attached to this character and that gets very very murky and and messy and to make things even more complicated you have the player psychology of let's say the person without the secret goal that is being targeted for like death they figure out oh i know that they're trying to kill me And what am I supposed to do? Because if I kill them, then they're out of the game as well. So timing is everything there. That's uh, we've had multiple games, especially between Alex and I, where we have in the last bit killed each other. And it's not always a goal we had at the start situations evolve. And sometimes you have to kill the other person. So you're the person the ghouls don't eat. I feel like that says more about you two as people uh, together <laughs> than it says about your characters, though. That's probably true. We have but... a running tally. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there is something to that of we did that at the very end of the right. scenario yeah. or session. Or in the case, Alex ran a long form game that I was part of. And at the very end epilogue, the group completely fell apart and came to blows, in fact, the survivors of the events that happened. And that was actually very good for the story and important for the players who had been at odds for a lot of the the campaign to finally have that outlet and burst without worrying about completely ruining the story. Out of curiosity, if you were a GM wanting to implement these sort of hidden goals or conflicting goals and things among your player characters. What would be some signs that this might not work at the table? What would you be on the lookout for? I would say I would watch my players to see if they were able to handle having conflicting goals, because there are some players out there that experience player bleed where the feelings of the player character get transferred to the player. Yeah. It's hard to separate. And for long form games where players really get attached to their characters, even people that might not normally care as much. Once you spend a lot of time inhabiting a character, you get attached and that can lead to some pretty hard feelings. 
that are a lot different than if you're, say, playing a Mothership game where creating a character takes five seconds of rolling online and you have a backup to go with. Right. Something that I look for just generally, um, if your players have a fun banter with one another, at least in, in terms of me, if I don't know you, I will be very polite. If I like you, I'll tell you to go to hell. And as long as you have players that can sort of do that playful, conflicting banter and no one's feelings ever at risk of getting hurt or taking it too far, then like that's a big green light for me. But if you have even one player that's at risk of taking it too far, I would not do this, to be completely honest. Or I would do very light, conflicting goals that like you want to try and steal this thing to send it off somewhere else and nothing that could potentially harm other player characters. So we've talked about some of the pitfalls here. How do you make conflicting player goals really shine in a scenario? If you are going to have these lethal conflicting player goals, I would definitely have ways to have backup characters be able to be brought in so people aren't just out of the game too early. I would also recommend doing these sorts of things in one-shots. For, for that same reason of having to bring in a backup character can be hard. It can disrupt the flow of gameplay, especially in longer campaigns. So a one-shot can have that big dramatic flair. And that's it. If, if the player may have to sit out for 30 minutes or an hour or so at the end of the session, like, that's okay. It's an entertaining one-shot. Yeah, I would also drop hints um, a lot earlier. Nothing conclusive or in terms of ramping up the suspicion, like the further along we go, the harder it is for person to maintain this cover identity. And I would tell the player explicitly if they have a secret like this, go for it and really hint ahead of time what they're doing. Don't keep it under wraps. Provide their own clues to the group. So yeah, maybe... it's even better if the player does it, gives the yes, hint. yes. Yeah. I know I've had several players that will just message and say, hey, I want to do this. And I'm like, cool, do that at the table. Because yeah. that sort of thing really increases investment more. And this gets into sort of the, the open table policy mentioned earlier that like other players can sort of see this person is posting the yellow sign online and can decide if they want to try and intervene on that. And that's one of the things I like about running a completely open table and why I'll probably do that more going forward is if someone has a conflicting goal, I'll actually have a scene that everyone knows about that they're doing. So their characters won't know, but I'm lucky enough to play with experienced enough role players that they can handle that information and compartmentalize it from their player characters. It really depends on the experience level of your group. Another way that I would make these player goals uh, shine is to just be very frank during a session zero or uh, during the social contract that, hey, there will be conflicting player goals and uh, just prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Again, big thing with communication. As a player. Yeah. yeah. And for that let's just for those that don't know a session zero is where you would meet before the campaign to run through character creation discussion of topics that will be included won't be included 
comfort levels, any safety tools you're bringing to the table. And exactly, that's where I open it up and will in the future of more meta-level knowledge and even have players suggest to each other options. Things like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if your character and my character actually shared the same relative? Things that you as the GM might not even think of the players can do add, and it adds a fun new layer. So let's talk a little bit about RPGs that have done this well. Or, Alex, I think you might have a board game that you want to talk about. It is a social deduction game, which is known as Werewolf or Mafia. So Werewolf is a game where the werewolves live amongst villagers and they kill everyone every night. It is a formulaic game, really. Uh, and not quite an RPG, but I still think it's worth bringing up because it is a social deduction game with different goals. Now, as I was saying, the werewolves every night, they basically choose someone who they want to kill. And in the morning, that person is found dead. And during the day, the villagers, or everyone in the village, including the werewolves, because people don't know they're werewolves, they have to vote on who's suspicious and who they want to uh, murder and this keeps going on until all the werewolves are murdered or all the villagers are murdered. Really, it's just social deduction. And that's an interesting example of conflicting player goals where everyone is aware that the goals don't match. But no one really knows which player has that goal or what the core desire that each player has is especially if you start adding in new roles like villagers that want to be killed mm -hmm. and i would even say that the same things apply because one if you're the first one chosen to get murdered that night by the werewolf you're sitting out the entire game and that sucks and two if you are uh, a villager and you have no idea what's going on it can be while it can be fun to just, mm -hmm. like, talk and banter on who the werewolf is, uh, it can get a little intense. So that's where that bleed comes in. You have to watch out for. And a very important note to that that you can think of for your role-playing games is when you're offering someone maybe a secret role, don't choose the person that can't lie. Because that is my role in werewolf. I mean, or do. Or do. That's, I mean, there <laughs> is that side. But uh, yeah, I'm terrible at werewolf. People can read me like a book. I love werewolf. <laughs> um, another game that I want to mention that I think does this exceptionally well is Bedlam Hall by uh, David Kezia. And it's titled is A Depressing Role-Playing Game About Horrible People. In this case, all of the players are staff at a manor where terrible, weird things happen. The family that they serve are all terrible or creepy people. And every character knows a secret about some other character. And you have a constant sort of social ladder that players are fighting over to use a secret against someone, avoid having their secret used to really up their standing in the world. And it's such a fun interaction. It's great for one-shots because everybody knows 
that they're scumbags and that somebody knows they're a scumbag. So there's all this fun backstabbing and that's kind of the core of the game. It's not distracting because that's the game. In terms of games that aren't necessarily social deduction at their core, role-playing games by Free League Publishing tend to be really good at this, especially in their pre-written scenarios for Alien and Blade Runner, in my experience, that they will have pre-generated characters that can have conflicting goals. In Blade Runner's case, there are mechanics for it in terms of getting different level-up benefits if you want to be more human or try to climb up the promotion ladder. And so it's really baked into it, too. So I, I think that there's a lot of room to expand in that. And those can be very good case examples if you're interested in adding them. I've also seen a lot of use for this in games like Cult and Unknown Armies, where people play very human characters in maybe odd circumstances but they often have dysfunctional families or groups of people that don't completely mesh and are all chasing their own goals. And that really leads to a lot of fun roleplay. So let's talk about some of our experiences with this. What went right? What didn't? Uh, Alex, how about you? With conflicting player goals? Yeah. I've been on the receiving end of a conflicting player goal. A 12-gauge and... buckshot conflicting player goal. <laughs> and yeah, the there is a bit of novelty once you start to suspect. And then if the player with the conflicting goal that works against the group is really crafty, that novelty can wear out. Because mm -hmm. then you'll find different blockades in the way like, oh, I can't just kill him or whatnot. But that's in my experience. I've never been assigned a uh, conflicting player goal. Have you ever had any negative experiences with players or player characters sort of abusing this conflicting goal mechanic when you felt like it actually just kind of was unfair or it left a sour taste in your mouth as a player? I would personally would have liked a little more heads up or hints there is just this part of my gamer brain that doesn't want me to act on my impulsive action of like destroying the person with the conflicting goal because i just don't want to take them out of the game i don't want to impact yeah. their fun and then they strike first and then that's it yeah what's done is that yep. i think that that's something i have encountered and like nathan sort of alluded to this a second ago but i despise it when players will hide behind their player character's stats and say have an extremely high deception or some kind of a crafty conniving skill or it's like their stealth is at 90 and so mechanically there is no way for your character to notice that or to tell if they're lying and sort of using that as a bit of a shield as it, I feel like the only option in cases like that are for GMs to really step in and just say, no, you do notice this. Or like, they're acting kind of funny in order to give your player character a fighting chance. And also just kind of recommending against stat abuse and stuff like that. This is getting into uh, sort of what Seth Skorkowski calls <laughs> roleplay terrorists, uh, which I do recommend listening to those videos for. 
But um, yeah, among the many other it depends types of variables, not being able to hide behind stats, I think, is a big thing in terms of not having a bad experience with it. And in the instance that this didn't work and you really felt blindsided, uh, spoiler alert, I was the GM and I 100% agree uh, that I would not do it this way again for a campaign. I want everybody to have the same amount of fun there. So from now on for a campaign, I'm going meta, baby. Players will know if people have secrets and they have scenes. One shots, though. No, that's that's a little more open. But that's also because it wraps up nicely. You get done with it at a time. You can kind of gauge it a little easier as a GM. And honestly, I think the players with secrets would have had a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. It's that was another big yeah. part. Yeah. Well, uh, for a campaign, too, I think from the meta level, if they had been able to kind of secret it and it's no, and everybody had known, they would have had a lot more fun. The reveal wasn't really worth it. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of my dividing line is I wouldn't really have lethal conflicting goals in a campaign setting. I would make them sort of a medium, medium well. Uh, conflicting goals that it can be something to <laughs> add flavor to it in a sort of a red herring distracting angle but the core of the narrative as the player make it uh, can go forward right. um personally this is why i tend to add retrospective conflicting goals i had a really good experience doing this in impossible landscapes where i had players who one uh, wanted to be in w cell and the rest of the group wanted to be in d cell so I had that W cell player in his backstory. He was part of W cell and they were going into this art museum to acquire some typewriter sized bit of mechanic that is supposedly unnatural. And they were outside keeping, you know, keeping surveillance, making sure no one was coming by. The rest of their cell went in to get the MacGuffin and were slaughtered. And they went inside, saw the chaos and carnage. The thingy was not there. And they ended up blowing up the building. Then the group reassigned this lost W cell agent into D cell. What they didn't know is that the D cell agent who wanted to specialize in communications and hacking and stuff like that to do surveillance, I had them be moonlighting with other cells and sort of keeping surveillance on this building. But then whenever things started to get weird, they severed their connection and did not warn the other cell that something might have been approaching. And they have been, this related to the secret that the player gave, is the player wanted to be respons inadvertently responsible for killing someone, but trying to forget that and hoping it never comes up. Um, I had this blossom beautifully whenever both of the player characters recognized the name of that building and then had that turn of, wait, why do you know that? And it worked exceedingly well. Finding ways you can nestle that into backstories can make for some great role-playing sessions. I'll stop talking now. Sorry. No, I think that's a great example, too, of your conflicting goals at the start are very minimal. Mm -hmm. Realistically, they're in the scenario. They're all pulling ahead. And now you've introduced conflicting goals between the two players of finding out more about each other and not just the scenario. So that gives you a nice way to kind of control it as the GM. I like that. 
I think at the end of the day, it's all about personal preference and how a GM wants to run the table. I prefer my games to have the players work together towards a common goal. And I have the mentality where people are working together to create this story that they're going to leave the table with. So would you ever run a heavily uh, conflicting player kind of scenario or game? I would definitely run one if it was interesting enough, but I would stray away from a campaign and mostly stick with the one shot. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to writing, I don't think I could write a good uh, conflicting player goal-oriented scenario. But that's just perf- personal preference. How about you, Lex? I like the flavor, conflicting goals. I like to add essentially seeds or role-playing hooks that the player may be able to institute in that scenario. Um, I think we're we're sort of blending that boundary between campaigns versus one-shots. In a case of like an episodic game like Delta Green, I would 100% allow lethal conflicting goals within a set scenario investigation. Uh, As long as all of the players are well Mm -hmm. aware, your character may die at any one of these incursions, and you need to be prepared to bring in a new one. Um, I think that's sort of an exception that makes the rule. Overall, I really enjoy them, though. I think that they can be done well, but don't overuse them because they can get kind of tired. Yeah, variety is the spice of life. Absolutely. And if you're not careful, conflicting player goals in every scenario leads to the problem I have with Werewolf is that everyone just yells at each other. And that's tough to fit in a two-hour time frame. Still got a shotgun you can <laughs> I know. Um, one game I think in particular, a scenario that works well for this is Uncle Timothy's Will. Without spoilers for it, everyone comes in again knowing that they're scumbags and everyone really has the same goal of get the money. So it's an interesting one where the goal is the same. You will probably find allies within the group of investigators, but You really can't trust anyone because everybody wants the money. And at the end of the day, somebody's going to have it. So not to get into semantics, but would you really call that having conflicting goals in a scenario? Or that sounds like a scenario where the goal is conflict. There is one MacGuffin. You have several characters. Hmm. It's sort of like a Hunger Games setup that like they have different skills and levels of ruthlessness. And let them go allow them to be as conniving as they want to try and do it try and screw over each other or other npcs and let yourself have a night kind of like the uh, old movie clue maybe i would agree with lex here because it's blatantly obvious that everyone wants the money in uncle timothy's will there's no hidden agenda hmm Interesting. Like it's still it's a it's a symmetrical playing field because no one has the element of surprise. That's a very good point. Uh, Uncle Timothy's will is really a sandbox with conflict at the heart of it. I'd still argue that it's conflicting goals and that everyone's goal conflicts of I want to be the one with the MacGuffin. But again, there's that meta level knowledge of. Everyone knows that's the goal, and it's not really hidden. It's a very open table concept. But if you had 
for example, another case where maybe one of the player characters might have an interest in the arcane hmm. or in Cthulhu mythos or something. And whenever the spooky things start happening, they want the money and they want to try and find the source of this and take it for themselves. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun with it as a, uh, I guess, would you run that as closed then? So kind of have the open goal that everyone knows that they're fighting with. And then some folks have the secrets. Probably everyone has a secret just to keep it balanced, but a secret goal. I would run it sort of my semi-closed again. If that per if that character has the secret goal and decides like, I want to get that mythos tome and not have anyone else know about it, I, mm -hmm. I might be tempted to sort of let them try to further this. Um, but then whenever it, at key uh, dramatic moments, especially for that character, like if they're trying to pocket it, I might allow other characters to have a spot hidden and notice like, <laughs> hey, that they've been gone a while. Um, or to try and put some heat back on them. Because I don't like whenever players feel like they can just get away with something scot-free because they're conniving with the DM too much. Um, and yeah, especially if it starts to get lethal, I am going to start dropping hits because I don't like any player to feel ambushed at a table. And it goes back to... Unless it's Alex. <laughs> well, <laughs> and the dark secret for a lot of these conflicting goals is that players don't want to get away scot-free. The fun of a conflicting goal is getting caught and getting messy. Yeah, it's the mischief of it. Yes. Yeah. No clean getaways. Yep. That's boring. <laughs> oh, I know, but I have expertise in stealth, so that means I can just do that, right? <laughs> We're not talking about that kind of role-playing game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think what is super distracting for the GM is if you do have that one person who splits off from the group and then just proceeds to play a completely different game. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so how do you guys handle that when you That's have... That's a conflicting player. That's not a conflicting goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it happens even for experienced role players where someone will want to go off and investigate something that's not germane to the investigation at all i would just open it up yeah yeah i would open it up to the table like hey we're gonna go into order now and this is what you're doing what are you doing mm -hmm. as i signal to both parties back and forth just so mm -hmm. that no one's just sitting out and okay um, twiddling their thumbs i guess my question there was more of how when someone's conflicting goal takes them completely away from the core of what you're trying to do. So maybe they go and look at a scenario and say, huh, that suspect, they were born in Louisiana. I'm going to go to Louisiana and just start digging down into their family records and really figure out what's going on. Is that Is a conflicting goal or just splitting up? Well, that's a good question. I would say in this case, maybe their goal is to find out more about this family mm. that really has nothing to do with the scenario. Maybe that's a case of just the GM needs to step in and say, hey, there's nothing there. Or do you tend to kind of go with that? As a pertinent example from a one shot that I recently ran and ran into a couple of speed bumps in that way. 
that I had a couple of players who were extremely interested in trying to reverse this thing that happened to an NPC. And I tried, in, in my opinion, I tried insistently to show like, he's rabid. He is dead. The doctors are baffled. They are recommending someone just old yeller take him behind the shed. And like trying to in world say like, no, nah, he's too far gone. And the players were like, well, maybe we can experiment and inject him with these chemicals. And I'm like, you're in a hospital. That's not feasible. You can't really do that, champ. And they kept going with it until I just had to say that, like, okay, guys, listen, this is not an avenue that can really be fruitful. If you do try this, you will be met with a brick wall. And, like, I, I try to steer in-world as much as I can, but eventually, or especially if they're going to go completely off in left field and I do not think that there is a way that I can engineer an NPC to steer them back on track, I will just sort of pull the curtain aside and say, Psst, that way, it's that way, and try and bring them back to the main story of the scenario. That's because I'm also bad at improv, so. What I usually like to do is if they continue to go down a route that I know is a dead, dead end as written in a scenario, I basically say, hey, you spend a lot of time trying everything, but you get no results. That way they do get a bit of that closure without drawing okay. back the horf wall. Right. I think if he would have been in an isolated place, I would have just let them sort of pour random poultices and chemicals on him right. and just said like, ah, you got nothing. Um, yeah. But the other way to address that requires a bit of forethought, which means just fixing the scenario in the first place before it's even run. For sure. I think that's after running this, that is something I plan to edit in that scenario. And maybe something we'll talk about in a future episode. <laughs> but I ran into a lot of issues with letting this NPC live. And the scenario had options that, like, if they live, they'll be here. If they die, they'll be here. In the future, they are dead because I do not want to run into this again. I don't think that the players were necessarily wrong for trying to pursue this that became a conflicting goal. It just was, they did not have the information to really let that pan out and know why that couldn't be wrong or why that was wrong. That said, I loved the nurse that was just like, <laughs> I don't know, we should probably just shoot him in the head. I mean, she was from West Texas. What can I say? We're used to it. <laughs> Unlucky. We hope our deranged utterings are helpful in bringing this topic to life at your table. You can join the discussion on Discord or follow the podcast to hear more gruesome consultations. Be sure to check out the show notes for links for the discussion, where to find us, and other resources. So until next time, thanks for listening to RPG Reanimators. Where your games can die or live on the table. Hey, okay. That'll be the clip. That'll be the clip. Hate that, I hate that. I hate when that happens.